This is the Critical Conversations podcast, a KPOV special project developed to feature unique perspectives and the courage it takes to go there, challenge mundane thought, and question the norm. Finally, today we we have you in, so welcome, Lindsay. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah. Maybe um, you can you can let us all know who who are you? who's Lindsay? What is and what does Lindsay do? Give us a little background about yourself. Yeah, well, it's so exciting to be here. And I used to be a kindergarten teacher at Silver Rail Elementary School. I absolutely loved it. Really enjoyed working with kids in that way. And then about you know my fifth year of teaching, I was ready to start to support other teachers um, with their students socially and emotionally. So I went from teaching kindergarten and I transitioned over to working. Um, in my own business that I started with a curriculum called Positive Choices. Mm. So it's it's great to be able to support not just teachers, but also families. Um, and I also get to help university students through OSU Cascades, where I teach. Mm. So it's I just love working with students who are, you know, grown up and in college mm. and then younger kiddos and families alike. So I feel really um, grateful I get to work with people in different ways. Yeah, I mean, what's coming up for me immediately is my background as a, te- as a teacher. Oh, wow, that's great. I taught for 10 years, and I found that teaching in the classroom, I was more interested in the social and emotional aspect of what was happening with the kids. So I left teaching, got my master's in counseling, and now I'm a therapist. That is so really cool. we we have a similar. I mean, I did middle school though, but you were kindergarten. So, um, but they're similar, similar in ways. <laughs> they're both really immature. <laughs> um, okay, so what is what is the business that you created? What is it called? So it's called Positive Choices, and uh-huh. it's spelled with a P A W because uh-huh. there are animal characters. Um, ah. The curriculum is geared towards younger kids, and the animal characters use their paws um, to do sign language to one another, mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons why it has that spelling. But as you mentioned, I also felt that passion for my students to succeed socially and emotionally. Mm -hmm. And especially in my second year of teaching, there was just a lot of students who had lagging skills behaviorally. Mm. And so this looked like, um, you know, impulse control, emotion regulation, some students would yell and run out of the room. I had another student when he would get triggered, he would start to push chairs over and knock Mm. things down. And I at that time, I felt like I didn't have the skills I was totally (laughs) taken off guard. I wasn't sure how to support them. So my journey became a really personal one. How do I help these kids? How do I equip myself with the skills Mm. to practice self-compassion and, you know, support myself as well? Because I think there's a really important piece to being present with your own emotions as you experience that. Mm. I work with a lot of parents and they say how hard that is personally when their child's having um, a hard time in Target and maybe they're crying and flailing. And Mm -hmm. how do you hold space for yourself to calm and be present? And then you can allow your child to borrow your calm. Mm -hmm. And so that's such an important piece that I really want to give both parents and teachers permission to give themselves self-compassion and to really show up for themselves Mm. and then also be there for their children or their students. But that was a focus of mine. How do I help my kids thrive? And then how do I help myself as well? Yeah, I mean, that's interesting because I don't think a lot of people, this might have changed, okay? Yeah. I mean, I, I got my teaching degree and went to grad school in the early 2000s. So a lot might have changed. 
but there wasn't enough emphasis on the psychology and how to respond to these really challenging emotional and and how to be the dis, you know how to how do you discipline a class in a way and i mean discipline's maybe a harsh word but how do you respond to a class in a way that keeps them i mean it might have changed but it was really lacking then so i don't think a lot of parents know that teachers actually don't always have the skill set in that realm that we think they do. Although we know that they're natural caregivers, right? You're just saying about as a caregiver, it's sort of sometimes hard to hold space for yourself. Totally. It's it's not natural to do that, right? Or we feel selfish. Mm-hmm. A lot of teachers and parents feel selfish, like I shouldn't be holding space for myself. I just need to focus on my child. And that's important. But um, you mentioned something. You mentioned the word discipline. Mm-hmm. And I think when I say the word discipline at different trainings, I ask people to think about what does that feel like to them? Mm-hmm. What do they visualize? Is it like a negative thing? Go sit in the corner. Right. Um, you know, what does that look like? And the root word really is to teach. Mm-hmm. Um, disciple, mm-hmm. disciplina, mm-hmm. that's like the or- origination of that. And so what are we teaching our children? And you mentioned such an important thing, and that's how do we have boundaries for our class? Mm-hmm. Because we want to acknowledge their feelings, but we also want to maintain those boundaries and teach them the right thing to do. Mm. And so what I like to instill for my graduate students who are in their teaching program, I want to teach them how to have a productive approach to problem solving. Mm. So it's not, um, you know, let's hold hands, kumbaya, talk about our feelings. We want to talk about our feelings, but we also want to have that accountability. And I talk about different forms of parenting and attachment, and that actually applies to teachers because when we think about that authoritative parenting Mm -hmm. that's high connection and responsiveness and warmth but it's also high structure and boundaries so we want to have both and that's as educators very important too yeah yeah you know that's interesting too because um in order to even like effectively know how to hold boundaries and problem solve you really have to understand yourself and your own triggers and your own needs about what's happening so you're not being you're not in a reactive mode yes you're in a grounded regulated mode is kind of what you're talking about is being regulated and co-regulating with a child right and so that's that's like for some of us that can take a lifetime (laughs) so how do you get people to that point of like really understanding that piece of for them for themselves that's huge one of the best things you can do is just take your hand i invite people to do this at conferences or whatever i'm doing um i say take your hand and place it on your heart and just take a deep breath in Mm. and let it out and um, when you hug someone you get that oxytocin which is the hug drug right Mm -hmm. there's natural um, good chemicals that make your brain feel good and then when you touch your chest you're actually it's like you're giving yourself a hug you release those um, neurotransmitters so you're helping yourself feel better so just pausing maybe putting your hand on your heart, maybe not, and just breathing. I feel like that's always the right thing is to breathe because mm. that helps you calm your nervous system. Mm. And then you want to respond rather than react. And I think that sometimes teachers and parents have this pressure, like I want to be a good disciplinarian, I want to have boundaries. So we feel like we have to assign a consequence or um, teach in that moment when the child's mm-hmm. just pushed someone or mm-hmm. drawn on the walls with crayons. We feel like we have to teach right then. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that our children have to be ready to learn. They have to be calm and, and their brain has to be settled because if they're not, their brain's not in a learning state. Mm-hmm. So 
they're not going to be receptive to what we're trying to tell them. Yeah. And likewise, if we're triggered and you know we're really mad or sad or frustrated, um, we're not ready to teach because yeah. we want to be good teachers. We want to be good disciplinarians. So I love to give parents permission and teachers to pause mm-hmm. and say, um, I can tell your brain's upset mm-hmm. and we need to problem solve. And I'm going to wait until both of, both of our brains are feeling better. Let's come back to this after recess. Or when we get home after we put the groceries away, then let's problem solve what happened mm-hmm. in the toy aisle at Target. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about it then. Because if we try to solve the problem then, if we try to um, you know, have that, if we, I mean, we want to be productive. But if we do it in that moment, sometimes we're not setting ourselves or our children up for success. Mm-hmm. So giving yourself permission to breathe, pause, and circle back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and you're you're talking about really slowing it down too, right? Slow down the process. You're it's, you're not going to lose your moment, yes, to, <laughs> to respond and to fix the situation, right? And um, something else you're making me think of is, um, and I, I I already forgot it. Oh well, <laughs> <laughs> happens to me all the time. Oh yeah, I'm I am a little tired today, so. Um, but what I what I appreciate about this, though, is it, it it's it's giving a whole new language yes. around how we're responding to children and how we're responding to ourselves. Totally. And um, I'm, I'm curious, what are some so you probably don't use the paw. Do you do you do the same language with the with the adults in college? Do you? Or do you use a different languaging with them? Very similar languaging. Um, so I do like to teach my graduate students sign language so that they can mm. know how to redirect a child. So mm. I actually learned how to use uh, gestures that are based in American Sign Language because I had a student who was emerging in his verbal skills. And so I was told by a specialist, hey, you need to start signing with him because when mm. you're just talking at him, he's not receiving that information. So I lear- had to learn how to sign be safe and follow directions. Mm. I know listeners can't see me right now. I'm moving yeah. my body, but that was really powerful. So I do touch on the sign with my class, but I also really like to teach them practical strategies for what to do when a child um, is screaming or mm-hmm. when someone knocks over a chair or someone's yelling um, hurtful words at someone else. So I, I like to kind of give them a reality check of mm. these are things that you might see in the classroom. Oh, you will. <laughs> <laughs> at some point. <laughs> I've learned that. I learned that. Um, I had a student tell me once, am I going to see all of this like on the first day? And I said, oh, goodness, (laughs) no, I hope not. I really hope not. But um, but these are things that you might see. But really giving people um, the skills that they feel like they need to be successful. Mm -hmm. And one of which is just using that brain language. Mm -hmm. And it's like your brain can be the scapegoat. It's really nice. So um, we know that shame in the research is not correlated with good outcomes. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's really highly correlated with negative health outcomes like addiction, depression, suicide. And what is shame? Shame is the feeling that I am bad. And that's different than guilt. Guilt is the, the feeling that what I did was bad. Mm-hmm. So shame, focus on the self. Guilt is focus on the behavior. Mm-hmm. And so we want to start to use language that is promoting shame resilience. We don't want to s- say things that make kids feel like they're just bad bad humans who are not worthy of love and connection. But rather, we want to be able to point out, when you said this thing to Sarah, how did that make her feel? Mm-hmm. Um, and starting to get to the root of what happened, giving mm-hmm. them language, and then I had a student once at OSU ask me, she said, okay, so is our goal to guilt our students? Like, that's what we want to be doing. <laughs> and I was so grateful that she felt comfortable mm. sharing that. And I said, 
you know, that doesn't sound right. So let me just think about it. Because if that's the one thing she gets out of my classes, yeah. <laughs> let's just guilt them. That, yeah. that was not, not what I wanted. And so I went back to the research, a lot of it based in Brene Brown's work. She's an incredible researcher, mm-hmm. social uh, psychologist. And she was able to, I learned in her data, is we want to have kids have empathy and accountability. Mm-hmm. And when they feel guilt, that can be the birthplace of students realizing, oh my gosh, my actions are affecting others in this way, empathy. And then accountability, we want kids to be a part of the solution. Yeah. How do you want to make it better? Should we apologize? Should we write a, you know, a sorry note to the custodian who has to stay late because you drew on the table with Sharpie and we can't clean it off? That happened um, a couple times when I was a teacher. Mm. But um, helping kids be a part of the solution is so important. Mm. And and Lindsay, you're you're given some great given us some great ideas and I, I'm curious if we can talk a little bit more about um, when a child is in a dysregulated state. Uh, first of all, what does that look like? What does that mean? And how do we how can we respond in a way that helps them? Yes. So um, dysregulation, we have the concept of regulation. And when you're regu- regulated, your brain is working optimally. You are that's when your child is really sweet, and they're playing kindly with their sibling, or in the classroom, that's when kids are following directions and doing what they're supposed to do. And then sometimes kids get triggered as do adults, and someone says something unkind to them, or maybe they're just feeling really stressed out, because you gave them a task that was beyond what their capacities are, maybe. And now their brain starts to feel upset. So we call that dysregulation. That's when there's that those stress hormones like cortisol and the brain's not you know, working optimally. Mm. And so what we can do in that moment is we can first, like you said, connect with yourself and acknowledge this is difficult, um, kind of create that space for that. And then if you are ready to teach, if you're able to take a breath. Can I, can I, yeah, can yes, I, can we yes. talk about this really quick about the breath thing? Because I think that's a really good cue. Yes. If you can notice what your breathing is doing, it, it yes. can really tell you what you're ready for. Exactly. If you're holding your breath, if you feel intense in your body, you really need to take that time to breathe deeply to relax. Because it's literally the easiest, simplest, most powerful tool in our toolkit is our breath. And it seems so simple, right? Like, how could it be that easy? Right. And it's really neat when you narrate that for either your class, your students, Mm. or your children, when you're able to say, you know what, my brain's feeling a little upset right now. Mm. I'm going to take a breath so my brain can feel better. Mm. I'm going to breathe. Do you want to breathe with me? Or maybe you're just modeling that. And another thing, too, is sometimes what we what the brain wants to do what you want to do is just kind of walk away and remove yourself from the situation but sometimes kids can see that and they can feel maybe a sense of abandonment or Mm. i'm i'm not good enough or i'm making you walk away so if we just say hey buddy my brain's feeling upset right now i need to take a break i need to walk and help my brain feel better before we problem solve then Mm. kids know okay mom's fine she just needs a little moment away from me um and then we'll come back together. Yeah. And so I think that's important to give yourself that space too, and yeah. just kind of keep them in on it. But you can really make their brain the scapegoat. Mm. You know, if a child messes up big time, they scratch someone because they were dysregulated, um, being able to say, you know what, your brain was really mixed up. You were so upset that you acted out and you scratched him. And that's not how you normally are, right? You're a really kind kid. Mm-hmm. You're awesome. And when your brain is in control, you are able to use your words and you do great. But this was a moment where your brain wasn't in control. So we're believing the best and we're helping them develop a positive sense of self. Mm, I love that. 
So, okay, you're calm as a as an adult. Yes. So the first C was calm? I'm sorry. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I think definitely calming yourself is awesome. Okay. And then there's something called the three C's. Oh, okay. And I started I'm off. jumping with, ahead. Sorry. <laughs> a very important one, though. I think uh, that's a prerequisite. Exactly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so the first one is to connect. connect. So if, okay. we try to, if we try to jump in, have you ever had it where you're, you had a hard day? And every day, every day, right? <laughs> what, what <laughs> I'm day describing my life. No, yeah. no, uh-huh. um, where you're maybe you're talking to someone and you're saying how hard something is in your life. Mm-hmm. You're having a hard day. Mm-hmm. And have you ever had it where someone just tries to fix it? Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, well, that's because you're not doing this mm-hmm. or um, you need to try this. But sometimes we just want to feel felt. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what Dan Siegel says. And so to help someone feel felt is super simple. Just say, I can tell you're upset. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Or how are you feeling? And that's just connecting with them. Um, and so you're able to say, I guess, what's an example that comes to mind for you of when you'd want to coach someone, be it a middle schooler or a personal child? Like, what's an example that would be helpful for us to illustrate the three C's? Um, I have an eight-year-old. Who's Excellent. Really just the sweetest little. I have a 12-year-old, too, but I shouldn't exclude my older child. But um, <laughs> She is learning how to really assert herself and step into her power. And here, I'll give you an example. Yesterday, she wanted to go to the store and get this treat. And I said, yes, we are going to get this Mm -hmm. treat, but we need to go to this place first. And maybe while we're there, they'll have this treat that you want. Let's just check. Yeah. Well, we went there and the treat wasn't there and she was really upset. So do you want to... That's great. Go Let's from do there. It. That's awesome. I could tell you what I did, but I want you go from there. So of she course. was in the store upset with me. In the store upset. Um, I think sometimes our go-to is to start to rationalize and say, mm. Um, mm. well, you know, we weren't sure that it was going to be here. And it's almost time we're going to go to another store and try to speak logically to their prefrontal cortex. That's the front part of their right. brain. That's the one that's, you know, when you're calm. But when a child's upset, if you could say, I know that that's really hard. Mm. Like that totally stinks that it's not here. I get it, man. That's really difficult. And Um, I'll say, even if you do that, that doesn't always mean it's going to calm them down. Totally. They might not say, (laughs) oh, wow, I feel so felt. Thank you for connecting with me, right? (laughs) Pick themselves up and now they're Uh, skipping to the car. Um, So even you just kind of make that quick connection. Let's do some breathing. And then when they're more calm, you can collaborate with them and say, okay, how do we want to solve this? But I think that um, just creating space for them and, Tina Payne Bryson's a great researcher. We were talking about her earlier Mm -hmm. and she has a book called No Drama Discipline. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. And they say connect and redirect. So I know that's really hard. Um, This is upsetting. Let's do some breathing together Mm -hmm. and we're going to come back to this or let's see if the next door has it. And sometimes we just need to be okay with the fact that our our child might still be upset. Yeah. And they're crying and we, our our reaction is to want to make them stop crying. Like, yes, please. Like this, (laughs) I'm going to say this is the drawback to this because this research came out, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And I've noticed because I have children in that range that a lot of the parents parent in this way to stop or control the behavior. Exactly. But a lot of times it doesn't do what they want it to do. Yes. And I loved that you said that you're not in control of the process. You're just present to the process. Exactly. So you're connecting and then you're allowing them their process without, you know, persuading it. Totally. You're you're welcome to have those feelings. Yeah. Saying something like it's totally okay to be upset. 
And it's not helpful to throw things off the shelves. Yes. <laughs> I'm yes. assuming that There's wasn't a boundary. the case. No. Yeah, no, yeah. No, no, no. Um, and it's not helpful to lay on the ground and yell, right? right. Like it's okay to be mad. You're saying yes to the child, uh-huh. but then you can say no or redirect the behavior. Yeah. Because um, you know you see people. There's the different types of parenting. One is permissive, and mm-hmm. that's really high on connection. Oh, sweetheart, I know you're upset, but then the structure's not there, yes. right? There's a lot of that. That's what yes. I'm talking about. That's yes. where the child is kicking and screaming and knocking things over, and the parents just standing there. So. We do want to be able to have um, have things like I'm going to help your I'm going to help you by taking the toy and putting up high or yes. um, whatever that looks like. But I think and like like you mentioned, sometimes what we want we want the the fast fix. Yeah. We want the short term behavioral change because we are uncomfortable, exactly. right? In those moments, we feel terrified and uncomfortable, and we don't want to be in that situation. Exactly. Yeah. And, and we're looking around, and people are looking at us, and uh-huh. now we're thinking, you know, what yeah. what do people think of me? So I think. With all of this, and it's so cool when I learned about your uh, station, the Curiosity Lab, mm-hmm. one of the best things I, I've read in the research is be curious. Yeah. Like, be curious. What can I learn in this moment? How can I help? Mm. But perfectionism, Brene Brown talks about perfection. perfectionism asks, what will they think? Yeah. And curiosity asks, what can I learn or who can I help? Mm. And mm. so if we start to feel ourselves feeling um perfectionistic oh what are people thinking about me around me Mm. then we're not going to be able to learn as much right Mm. we're not going to be able to focus on the human that's in front of us and one of the best things you can do and I tell students this who get overwhelmed one of the best things you can do is you can make a mistake let's say you explode and you have a hard day and you don't act your best self And you say, come on, I've told you this five times or whatever it is. Um, No recess for a month. And now you're the one who's punished as the teacher. You know, you want them to get out. Taking recess away, definitely not best practice. But we know in the research now, that's just a side note. But uh, when you make a mistake and you're able to come back and say, I am so sorry for how I acted in the store when Mm. I used a little bit louder of a voice. Normally, when my brain's in control, I like to use a calm and gentle voice with you. I like to problem solve and breathe, but my brain felt mixed up when you were yelling and I was not kind with you. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And next time I am going to do my breathing. I am going to pause and I'm going to try it, try better next time. Yeah. I've talked to teachers and adults who say, I will not apologize to my child. No way. That's wow. giving way too much power to them. Wow. And I see where wow. they're coming from. Um, but one of the things I like to encourage them to think about is when we model apologizing, yeah. that's what they do. Yeah. So if we're saying, hey, apologize to your brother, but you're not apologizing to them, you're not modeling what that looks like, mm-hmm. it's not going to stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you look like a hypocrite. Exactly. Uh, and, and by the time they're 12, they really understand when you are when you have double standards or you're not holding true to your words. So, yeah. Exactly. We don't mm-hmm. have to be perfect. We can be present. That's yeah. what that's another Tina Payne Rice and we don't have to be perfect, but we can show up and have intentionality with how we're present. And again, one of the best things you can do is you mess up, you come back and say I'm sorry, and that develops resilience in our children. Mm-hmm. And when you say I'm sorry, I did this, my brain felt upset, then that's saying, that's not saying, I'm sorry I did this because you're a bad kid, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're saying, hey, I felt upset and that's my nervous system, yeah. right? Like yeah. I, those are my triggers. Um, it's so funny. I was learning more about uh, a form of nonviolent communication. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with I NVC. Am. I am. You're probably yeah. so familiar with it. But um, NVC is really one of the things I was listening to in a recent podcast is People can't make us feel certain ways. Yes. When I heard that, I thought, I yes. do not agree with that. But the more I the more I learned, I was trying to be open-minded. 
that one of the things they talk about in NVC is people's behaviors can be a catalyst to our feelings. Someone can borrow our car and crash it, and that's a catalyst for us feeling upset. But even then, we have a range. Yes. You will feel differently than me. Yes. If you hate that car and you really want the insurance, Uh and you can get, oh, great, awesome. So just realizing that different things in our environment, it's a catalyst for how we feel and taking ownership and giving ourselves permission to be imperfect. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much. That's just great advice and a lot to like consider and think think of. So to end, can you let us know what's your website? Do you do consulting, counseling? What? How can we find you if we want to learn more? Yes. So the best way to do it is to go to my website, which is Positive Choices. And again, that's with a P-A-W. So Positive Choices, when you're on the website, you can see a variety of things that I have. I have a YouTube channel with videos for kids and adults. Mm. I have a podcast so that's mm. called the Positive Choices Podcast. Mm-hmm. And every week I just hop on my podcast and I talk about these different ideas that we talked about today, mm-hmm. but I expand them and go into depth. So free YouTube channel, free podcast. And then I do consulting and coaching and all of that can be found on the website for those folks who are wanting to learn a little bit more. But um, what if a, a parent wants to get you into their school to work with their teachers? Yes. So that would, again, just go to the website and yeah. at the bottom, you can fill out a form um, okay. with a request for something like that. But I, I have the privilege of doing it in Central Oregon. And I was recently in Florida and different states mm. doing this kind of thing. So um, mm. it's something I really enjoy. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I feel like we are going in the right place socially, emotionally, when, you know, we have someone like you doing this groundwork in the schools and and with the people who are working with the children. So thank you so much for being here and all that you do, Lindsay. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to a KPOV Critical Conversation. To hear more engaging interviews on important topics, please visit kpov.org slash critical conversations.